March 1st, 2018. You're listening to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. And I'm your host, Kellen Conley. That podcast is called Hyphen Nation, of course. So, we're mobile. In case you didn't know, just drop the lay off. Quick, 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 quick topic that I wanted to remember before I got into the actual meat of today's show. Dropped the Leah off uh, on the way out there. A big poster up for a book fair, and then immediately I got nostalgic. I was like, "Oh, book fairs! Book fairs are so dope!" Now, for the for the uninitiated, book fairs, at least when I was a kid, is when I don't know vendors from Scholastic or mostly Scholastic. I think I can't remember what the other one was. I feel like there was another big vendor at the time, but it was Scholastic rolling this huge card of books. And this thing had books on both sides. Actually, it might have even been more than one card. It was like this huge display that just had like maybe four huge things of books. And then obviously the books were for sale. And then they would have little cool, nerdy, not even say nerdy, I guess some nerdy. Uh, they'd have cool little stuff that you'd be into, of course, as a kid, like pencils, stickers, uh, little toys, things like that. The book fair was always one of my favorite things ever. Now, that not only says, it says two different things. One, that establishes that I've always loved to read. And then two, it establishes that I am a giant nerd. <laughs> Because there may be people listening to this saying, oh my God, he's nerding out over book fairs. What, what is wrong with this guy? See, see, the thing is, it, it was all about the fact that all these books that you normally had to order from uh, whenever you got a, um, well, I can't even think of what they're called. Uh, um, well, a book order. A bo- like they said, a little book order um, catalog. And whenever you did a book order, they have all like a lot of that stuff right there, and you could get it immediately. You wouldn't have to wait X amount of weeks for a class's order to come in. And it's freaking amazing, man. I just always love book fairs. Like, I remember uh, they used to have these little NBA stat books, and I know that I bought uh, one that had like all the stats from the 1991 NBA season. It had little stories about all the players. And then I bought another book. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure this wasn't a book fair book. I think I ordered or a book order. I think it was from the book fair. I got a complete history of the Super Bowl book, and it had like Super Bowl one all the way up to. And I'm about to crash into this truck because he's going really slow and doing whatever he wants. Wow, seriously, guys. Like, there was traffic coming the other way, and there's a turning lane, but he didn't fit in the turn. Oh, my God. Sorry. Uh, I had the Super Bowl history book, and 
it had every Super Bowl, like the recap of the game and how the teams got there, like what their records was in the regular season and who they beat in the playoffs. And a couple, there may have been some quotes, like obviously Joe Namath's quote will be in the book. But that was entirely in there. It was Super Bowl one all the way up through uh, Super Bowl twenty four, which would have been when the 49ers defeated the Broncos in 1989. Actually, it was 1990, but it was for the 89 season. Another awesome book I had that I actually did... Uh, I didn't find a, a copy. I think I found some used ones on Amazon. Uh, it was just about these great sports heroes. And, of course, I had, like, Jordan on the cover. But then it also had stories about other people that I didn't know so much about, like Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, that was really cool. I've, it might have had a Harlem Globetrotter section in it, but that could have been something I rented from the library. Um, uh, rented from the library, is that right? Borrowed from the library. <laughs> and then, what else is in that book? Oh, Wayne Gretzky. I don't think Tyson was in it, because this book was like came out in 99 and 90, but then it also had a lot of Joe Montana stuff. Like a great story about his, what he did in the 80s. I feel like there was another one. I don't think OJ was in that one. I feel like that was another book I borrowed from the library. But then I was like, man, why don't we have adult book fairs? And then immediately my response was, Barnes & Noble is an adult book fair. <laughs> you walk into Barnes & Noble and you can get the books immediately. Or any of your local bookshops. Support your local bookshops, ladies and gentlemen. Support your local bookstores. Uh, and then on the grander scheme of that there's Amazon Amazon was originally a giant book fair online and now it's expanded to this mega conglomerate in the world so there's that yeah next topic so so with the book fair thoughts out of the way you may have heard something, or if you're if you're a faithful follower of the B hyphen brand brands, you may have heard that the teachers in West Virginia are on strike. They've been on strike since last Thursday. Today officially makes the strike one week long. So let me tell you in the best way that I can, because I, I plan on getting Angel to do like an interview for the show about this specifically. But then things have just been wonky, and I'll explain that here in a second. See, see what happened was PEIA, the Public Employees Insurance uh, Astastic, <laughs> PEIA, uh, the insurance that public employees have, including Angel and myself, they have been jacking up uh, deductibles for a couple years now. And they were going to unleash this outrageous deductible on us that, and they're going to raise like our um, co-pays and all that too. I'm actually going to have to beep at these guys because uh, the teachers are out in front of uh, sheets here on Don Knot slash university supporting, well not supporting, they are picketing still. Pretty much PEIA is trash. Complete trash. And it, it, costs, it costs them more to go to the doctor than 
honestly what they are making in because West Virginia is the 49th lowest paid state when it comes to education. Let me be with these teachers. Uh, so they're not they're not making enough. They're not making a a true living wage, and then PEIA is just going outrageous. <laughs> so, and then also there there's issues with uh like their uh their tenure not being respected, uh, bad hiring practices in the state, which is affecting quality education in the state. Um, there, there's a call, there's a good number of issues that are at hand here. And I'd still like to have Angel on Angel on at some point again to kind of explain a little better. Because like I said, I'm just giving you like my grand overview. I've read what the main issues they have are, but it's mostly PEIA first and then the wages. <clears throat> so to try to head off this possible strike that was rumbling for I don't know about a, two months or so I feel like it's, it's it's been we might go and strike might go and strike at least that's what Angel's saying so to kind of hit off things uh, West Virginia legislature approved a 1% pay raise for teach for teachers and state workers I think I think the state workers uh, was involved in that one and then they said we're going to put a freeze on PEIA for one year so that your rates are not going to go up and after that you're kind of on your own uh, so 1% right? I mean teachers ain't happy each county voted about three weeks ago whether or not they should go on strike and each county came back with we are striking so the state to the each county superintendent has been really good about calling off school and not putting any of the teachers in a position as of yet where they could uh, where he files an injunction and then I guess then legally if uh, don't quote me but I feel like an injunction would then legally uh, put them um, officially have them breaking the law by not reporting to uh, work at that point. I think that's how that works. Again, I wish Angel was on here to uh, explain a little better. <coughs> so, they've been out since last Thursday. Angel went to the Capitol last Friday I think Thir I think it was either Thursday or Friday I think it was she went down to Charleston West Virginia to flood the capital so I think it was last Thursday and literally thousands of teachers in West Virginia flooded the capital to, pro to show their outrage now I thought this was the first uh, education related work stoppage in US history but there was some form of teacher strike about 25 plus years ago in West Virginia so we may not I mean definitely wasn't the first time but I, I think is where the West Virginia is the first state in a long time to 
do any kind of strike related to education purposes. So they're out Friday. They call off school on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Angel has picketed on Friday. On Monday, I believe they did. She go back down on Monday, or has she been here all week, or did she want to go down? I think they might have been supposed to go down again, uh, but they but they didn't. So she's been picketing all week, and then Wednesday, no Tuesday, was National Pancake Day at IHOP. Anthony wanted to go hit up IHOP, so I uh, made some plans with him. So me, him, Aaliyah, and Angel all hit up the headed up the IHOP on Tuesday evening. You got a free short stack, and then any proceeds from things you bought went to uh, West Virginia Children's Hospital. Right? I think that's right. Dayview Children's Hospital. That sounds more right. <laughs> Dayview Children's Hospital. So then it came out that the governor. Jim Justice, who was a Democrat when he was running, then switched to Republican shortly after he got elected. So there's that. But he apparently he's a waffler, so people think that if Democrats got majority here after the next round of election, they think he would go back to Democrat. But this dude goes on a three, uh, essentially three county townhouse meeting tour on. Tuesday, on Monday, and pretty much tells all teachers to their face that he didn't know where they're going to find the money and they need to get back in the classroom. Yeah. <clears throat> so on uh, Tuesday evening comes out that the teacher unions, AFT and uh, West Virginia, maybe I don't know the other one. I'm sorry. Uh, the two West Virginia teachers unions are meeting with justice to try to come to terms to end the strike. So, within the time that we're in IHOP, pretty much, it comes out that the unions and Jim Justice have agreed to a deal. And we're, we're then looking at then looking at 5% pay increase for teachers, 3% for state workers, and on top of that, they're going to f- permanently freeze PEIA and create a task force designed to figure out a way to fix PEIA so that it's more affordable for the teachers. So at that time, they said, all right, Thursday, uh, February 28th is going to be a... Uh, cooling off day is what justice called it and then the teachers are going to report back this class on March 1st okay <laughs> so yesterday I'm chilling in my office angels at just at home having a normal day there's no picketing in Morgan in Montegale County uh, there was picketing at other places in West Virginia because they weren't happy with the terms so there, there was already a lot of uh, outrage from I'd say both groups, well not both groups, I'd say from uh, some teachers saying that the deal wasn't enough and that the unions caved too quickly. And then of course from legislature, legislators legislators who expected everybody to be home and they're still out picketing. 
and, and nothing changed. So, excuse me, I just yawned, but I don't really care. <laughs> it's eight o'clock in the morning. What do you expect? So, what, what was the last thing I said? I was supposed to be cooling off day. Teachers are still picketing, uh, but Angel was home. One of my coworkers comes in and says, I don't think the strike is over. Uh, Justice isn't even at the Capitol today. And they haven't even looked at anything. I don't think this is going to get done today. So I start looking at Twitter and Facebook. Because, of course, I can immediately call Angel. But then I didn't. And I kind of I saw a couple things. But apparently at that time, like that was close to midday. Apparently by that point... According to what the reports were saying, everyone was waiting to hear from justice officially before moving forward with an amendment to the 1% original pay raise and the PEIA initial freeze. So everybody's waiting to hear from justice. So justice wasn't at the Capitol. He was calling it in. I don't know, bro. So, I mean, this is only our lives they're talking about, right? So from there, talk to Angel, and he's like, yeah, we're not sure what's going on. Uh, we haven't heard anything. Right now, they're saying that we're still going back to school tomorrow, but we have no idea. And I'm already talking to some of my coworkers, and they're saying that they're not going to school no matter what tomorrow, if they try to make us go. So... Yeah. As the day progresses yesterday, the House passes the amendment. So Justice did get his collective shit together and start to uh, uh, make the wheels turn like he said he was going to. So the House passes the amendment. The Senate was supposed to leave for the day at, I don't know what time they leave, five, I guess. Uh, Four o'clock, they were supposed to start reviewing everything from what I could tell from uh, my friend Wendy Dillon's live feed down there from what I could tell they hadn't even started at 4 o'clock so they rolled in there late and they just said oh, we're tabling this till tomorrow and they left so it didn't pass the ho- it didn't pass the whole capital. it got through the house but not the senate Mitch McConnell was saying that Republicans are planning on voting against it. Who's been a big opposite, a big, uh, I don't call him an opposer, but he's big, a big, been a big opponent of the pay raise and the P and fixing PEIA. He's been the main, one of the main targets for teachers. So he's saying today that they're not going to vote for it. So shortly after they left, the Montague County superintendent uh, puts out a message through uh, AFT, through one of the teacher unions. I'm assuming he did through other teacher union. WVDA, WVDE, that might be a news channel. Sorry. But yeah, he, he puts out a message. It's past the house. Governor Justice is doing the things that we agreed upon. Montgomery County Schools will be open tomorrow. 
And this is like shortly after the bill passed. So I get home. I was supposed to get a haircut. Couldn't do that. So I got home. Angel at History Bowl practice. The kids left. And so I'm like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, I have no idea because some of my coworkers are already putting in, are already calling off school. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to cross the picket line. But at the same time, if we don't have, if only a handful of people call off, then that completely ruins everything we've been working for, so to speak. It shows you're not united anymore. And 55 strong, 55 counties, and 55 united has been one of the big proponents of this uh, teacher strike that they've been, uh, that they have been standing behind. So if it's not 55 strong anymore, then I guess, what do you got then? A minor complaint? So Angel's not sure what to do. They call an emergency meeting in Mon County for teachers to vote on whether they're going to school tomorrow. Angel decides to stay at home and kind of vote online however they had that set up. And so we're waiting and waiting. I'm, I'm hanging out with Leah. And she says, I go to check on her. She's like, uh, Superintendent uh, Devano's on his way to the meeting right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, this shit's getting real. So, so I don't, I, and right now at that moment, Mon County Schools was supposed to be open today on March the 1st. Like, yo, this is getting serious, bruh. It's getting a little serious. I mean, obviously, it's a serious matter, but you know what I mean. It, it has all the juicy bits that uh, the, the journalist in me um, wants to know about. So I don't know whether Devano made it to the meeting, what was said in the meeting. But essentially, uh, counties across the state started to close. And they are all supposed to be open tomorrow. And I think Putnam and Gilmer closed down first. And this is before the Senate even um, tabled it. Might have even been before the House passed it. Now I'm going to say it was before the Senate tabled it, but the House already passed it. Putnam and Gilmer counties is like, fuck it, we ain't going back. Sorry. And then slowly, just like in the 2016 election, except this is all good vibes, all the counties in West Virginia started to turn red, meaning they were closed on the West Virginia, um, on the WDE website. Is that right? Oh my God. West Virginia something education. I'm not Googling it. But on the website, it has all the school closing. They start turning red. Montegalia was still open, and a lot of Eastern Panhandle was open. Finally, Devano comes out and makes a statement saying, due to the high number of teacher call-offs, um, due to the impending Senate vote, uh, Mine County, County schools will be closed tomorrow. So they are closed officially for a week today. It has been uh, five, It has been six school days, seven days officially. Well, I guess seven days of yesterday. So this is our eighth day on strike. And right now, I I don't know where the Senate's at. I don't know what time they start. Maybe I should know a little bit more about our local government. <coughs> but I guess the ball's in their court, because if the Senate steps up and they don't vote against it, then I would imagine that this, the strike would end at that point, and then Angel would be back to work on Friday. 
if they do vote against it, then this is just going to go longer. And I don't know if injunctions will be filed or anything. Because at this point, the superintendents are cooperating. But when it, if the day comes where they're supposed to be at work and they're still holding out, that's when things will get really interesting. So I will keep you updated on that. And I'll try to have Angel on, hopefully, with good news and can kind of explain the situation to y'all a little bit better than what I did. So 55 strong. I support West Virginia teachers, obviously, because I uh, am married to one. And I'm on her insurance. And Aaliyah's on her insurance. And it affects Aaliyah's education down the line. Next topic. I'm just going to go ahead and get into this one. So, pizza is dead. Now, some of you may say, but hyphen, pizza died a long time ago. I haven't eaten pizza since 1999. I haven't enjoyed pizza for years. I only like my local pizza shop. What do you mean pizza's dead? Pizza's the best. Pizza's a super cheap way to feed your family. On a short notice. Yeah. I hear you. I'm listening. But look, y'all. I've had, for the longest time, one favorite kind of pizza. My favorite is Too much favorite. Shout out to Eric Kramer. One pizza. And it's always been Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut has always held such a magical place in my heart. When I was a child, personal pan pizzas... And the awful, awful, awful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells. Cassettes they were selling. <laughs> uh, Pizza Hut just always was my favorite. And my favoritest was Supreme Pizza from Pizza Hut. As well as some other crowd favorites that are also my favorite. Favorite. Just want to say favorite one more time. Does anybody remember the the triple-decker pizza from Pizza Hut? Three different kinds of cheese. It was outstanding. And it's a shame that they never brought it back since, like, the 90s. I can't remember the last time I saw a triple-decker pizza advertised. There's, of course, the now classic stuffed crust. But I was a kid who remembered when the stuffed crust came out. That was, like, in the late 90s. And I, if don't quote me, but I feel like in the commercial, David Robinson is literally eating of the San Antonio Spurs fame, is literally eating the pizza backwards to eat the cheese first. That was huge. Even a few years ago, Pizza had had those uh, different kind of uh, glazes that they were put on the pizza, and those were very good. But like most things in life, other than McDonald's, MacArthur's, ingredients change, unfortunately. I went to a birthday party uh, with Aaliyah and Angel at a tramp, uh, 
a tramp trampoline park probably about two months ago at this point and most plate people around here they love Papa John's they think Papa John's is this shit fuck Papa John's it's trash I don't like Papa John's trash although their specialty pizzas are actually good but they're straight up the main thing you should be good at is making a good piece a good pizza pie when it comes down to just cheese sauce and and uh the crust I think it's disgusting same if they throw pepperoni on it none of their regular pizzas are good uh Domino's has been making a comeback lately but most of the time you go to people get pizza in Morgantown, they get Papa John's. Even though there's a lot of actual good local pizza places, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything. But I think there's some good solid pieces of pizza around here, especially Mountain State uh, Brewing Company. Whew, they got they got some real good pizzas. But again, those are specialty pizzas. They're not uh regular pizzas. Like you have to be good at making a regular pizza first, I feel like. Uh, and then another good spot, Pies and Pints here in Morgantown. It makes delicious pizzas as well. But Papa John's is trash. Domino's has been reinventing itself and their pizza has gotten a lot better again. But I even, I never really hated Domino's like that, even when they were down. So, go to this party. They had Pizza Hut pizzas. For the children. So I was like, oh, snap. They didn't have any Supreme, but they just had, a, they did have some pepperoni. So I'm, I may have had a couple slices extra than I expected. I think I had three slices because they ordered a ton of pizza for all these children. And a lot of them didn't make it because the weather was bad. So, so ever since then, I was like, man, I want to get some pizza. I want to get some pizza. I want to be a fat kid. I want to. I want to go, and I just want to get a, a pizza and just sit down and eat that bad boy. I want it. So when Angel went out of town a few weeks ago to go to youth and government in Charleston, actually that was a week before the strike happened. I was like, I'm going to go and get me a pizza one night because uh, mother-in-law's at the house. So I was like, after I get Aaliyah in bed. Um, one evening, I'll go out and run out and go get a pizza real quick. So I, I had a couple of missed starts because uh, I, I wanted to be extremely selfish. It's I'm not it's not a proud moment, but I was like I've got to, and I don't think Aaliyah would have eaten a Supreme Pizza anyway. But I was like I've got to just sit down and have me a pizza and be a fat kid for a moment. <sighs> so with that said. I think it was Thursday or Friday night. I think it was Friday night, actually. Aaliyah goes down. Aaliyah falls asleep. Check the Tom. I'm ordering this pizza right now. Because they close at 10. The closest one to me. And I didn't want to have it delivered. Uh, well, one, not only because of time constraints on their side. I knew I could get to it faster. Uh, and then also, Aaliyah was asleep. The dog will bark. Brooklyn will bark. It's a big hassle. Didn't want to deal with it. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to run out and get this pizza. So I did. And I made pretty good time. 
because Aaliyah fell asleep and her nightlight normally stays on for about 20 minutes uh, maybe like 23 minutes something like that before it shuts off and like I said she was I'm pretty sure she was out when I left but just in case I was like I have this window where if her nightlight goes off I want to be back they walk in and turn on her nightlight not that mother-in-law couldn't do it but I wouldn't be able to do it so I run out go get this pizza make it back in record time I'd, I'd say I, I would say I made the trip in about 20 minutes which isn't bad so I sit down give me a plate turn on the community scrubs start eating it you might say that nothing was the same don't get me wrong it was still good enough to eat and yes I took that whole thing down and I'm not it's not a proud moment but I I had to do it man had to do it for comp <laughs> not Compton but yeah yeah it just didn't taste the same, man. It, it just didn't. And I was I was really upset. <laughs> I, I I wanted I, I wanted to have that that I got the food specifically for how it was supposed to taste and then it didn't taste the same. They have this new garlic crust. Or something going on. So it wasn't the classic crust. I didn't see any options online to get a classic crust. Um, and when I, if I recall correctly. When, we, when I was at the birthday party. They just had regular crust on their pizza. So maybe I missed that. That I could have gotten regular crust. The garlic crust is okay. The sauce was sweeter. The ingredients. They were, they were pizza hut quality. It wasn't the ingredients. It was definitely the sauce. And the crust. And I ate the whole thing. I was like, you know what? I'm a little disappointed. So pizza is dead for me right now. Although, now that I think about it, it's been a minute since I had myself uh, Supreme Domino's Thin Crust. And honestly, if I went Thin Crust at... at pizza it might not have been as bad because I almost went thin crust because I am a thin crust guy so I don't know maybe this ain't over but right now pizza's dead because my pizza didn't taste the way I wanted it to <laughs> well my pizza tastes right mm, so mad next topic you guys you guys you guys, you may not have heard this, but there's a black NASCAR driver. I did not know this. I had no clue at all. I never even knew who this dude was. Granted, since we've cut the cord and since I have stopped paying, making like we have Hulu Live, but I do not go out of my way looking for Sports Center. When I had Comcast, I would always turn on Sports Center. No, uh, wasn't even a thought. Wake up in the morning, turn on Sports Center. Wake up in the night, turn on Sports Center. Big game finish, turn on Sports Center. 
Sports Center, Sports Center, Sports Center. Like, I, I'm not even lying, bro. So, I and bro, uh, I just don't watch Sports Center like that. Just not. So I'm not. I'm not up on things, man. I, I miss things. I, I don't know who won stuff. I have to Google to see if West Virginia won because I haven't even been watching their games because NCAA is trash. I believe we discussed that before in the podcast, but now it's really coming out. The NCAA is trash. Um, so Bubba Wallace is a black NASCAR driver. Now you may be saying to yourself, why do I care about a black NASCAR driver? One, my man is driving the number 43 card for Richard Petty Motorsports. Now, if you don't know, if you don't know who Richard Petty is, <clears throat> that's understandable. I uh, I did kind of learn learn my NASCAR ways in the super early 90s when I moved to West Virginia. That's when I was really exposed to what was what, and I kind of was paying attention, so to speak. But Richard Petty is known as the king. And he is arguably the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. But we're going to talk about who's really the greatest here in a second. Until it was tied, I believe he has, and I I think it may have been tied again. I, I feel like Johnson may have hit this now. But he had the most Winston Cups, which is now the Nextel Chirp Beep Beep. Uh, point series playoff whatever the fuck uh, it is now but he had the most points championships and then Earnhardt tied him and I feel like Jimmy Johnson has tied them now which is cool but Bubba Wallace is driving Richard Petty's car the car with his number obviously it's Richard Petty Motorsport so he owns the team but a black guy is driving the number 43 car of arguably the most famous NASCAR driver in the entire world, in the history of the sport. A black man. That's incredible. You know what's not incredible? NASCAR is not made for black people. Sure, I've run into a a fan or two here and there. Mostly in the South or just I, I picked it up and I, I I enjoyed watching the sport. Dad never followed it like that. I have only taken in a few laps at most. I've never been known to watch a full race. Never have. Although on that uh, 2007 podcast with Ed, we were keeping track of uh, the 2007 Daytona 500 because it was running when we were actually podcasting. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, but it's not made for it's not we're not the targeted demographic black people are not the target demographic in NASCAR so it's mostly a white dominated sport you know so what's not cool is even though one of the greatest racers of all time tapped this guy Bubba Wallace to be in his car in his number this season he has a Facebook page. I liked it. He has a little series on there that he's, he's doing with Facebook Watch right now. I haven't watched any episodes, but I plan on it. 
Ah, oh, man. Racism's still alive. They don't even conceal it anymore. Hey, you're stupid, because you don't know how to drive a car. I don't know Richard Petty how much you're paying Richard Petty to let you drive his car. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. I'm sure not while not as comparable but it's comparable in her own way I'm sure Danica Patrick got that same shit you're a woman you shouldn't be behind me on a NASCAR wheel oh my god you're you're a terrible piece of shit oh I hope you die on the wheel oh you're a woman women women are stupid you can't drive a car like a man you can't drive a car like a white man why don't you get out that car and get your ass back in the car? Like, seriously. Sorry. But, just wanted to make sure y'all knew that while this is a big deal, it's getting treated in the same fashion that most things are when it comes to things of that nature. Wakanda forever, though. Wakanda forever. So Bubba was in the Daytona 500 this past month. He came in second place. My man Bubba Wallace came in second place, bro. That's incredible. This episode, by the way, is sponsored by uh, Circle K Water. Ah, much better. I can actually uh, talk now. <clears throat> yeah, Bubba Watson. No. And that's the golfer. Bubba Wallace came in second at Daytona. For the uninitiated, Daytona is the biggest race on a NASCAR schedule. It's the very first race. And every year it's ran in February. And, and it is... I know there's a movie called Talladega Nights and y'all are like oh well obviously Talladega is the biggest thing I don't know it should have been called Daytona Nights <laughs> but Daytona's probably like we're not signing off on this bullshit <laughs> you're not selling our good name Will Ferrell let Talladega have that shit I don't think Daytona Nights has the same ring to it either I love Talladega Nights though uh, but Daytona is the second biggest race no the first biggest race in NASCAR big deal it is the Super Bowl of NASCAR and they have it at the beginning of the year and NASCAR runs now from February until like November these dudes are literally running races damn near every weekend for all that time it's as long as baseball season hell I think baseball season's shorter April October is uh <laughs> Six months. Yeah, I, I feel like they're running like 10 months a year, easily. Another problem I have with the sport now. I don't even know who won, who came in first at Daytona, but a black guy came in second in the gr biggest motorsport race in, that's ever been created. Bubba Wallace, man. I just, I just really wanted to uh, let y'all know that. I thought I'd been able to watch some episodes of the show or whatever prior to uh, this recording, but I haven't, so I don't know a whole lot about him. 
other than Richard Petty believes in him. Huge cosign. He came in second at Daytona. And he's the first ever. <laughs> I think that's what he said. I think he said he's the first ever black NASCAR driver. I don't think he said, I'm the only black NASCAR driver right now. Because, yes, he's obviously the only one. But I don't know if he's the first to ever get behind the wheel. So, shout out to Bubba Wallace, which transitions me into my greatest NASCAR racer of all time who was unfortunately taken from us way too soon and from his family. Dale Earnhardt. Now, the Intimidator. So you may recall me having a, a conversation saying something along the lines of yeah, I picked out my teams when I was young. The Raiders I went with because my dad and I, I just kind of bought in from what he's bought into what he was into. He never really had a basketball team, as you heard on episode 39. So I decided I was going to go with the team that had my favorite player, Michael Jordan. And to this day, I'm a Bulls fan. I did laps and was an Iverson fan and a Philly fan there for a few seasons. But I came back to the Bulls officially in 2005, I think. And I'd say I was gone pretty much from the time Jordan retired in 99 until uh, until 2005. So I picked my team. Yeah, I jumped on the biggest bandwagon, and I did the same thing with NASCAR. A lot of kids in my school were, were Dale fans. I was watching SportsCenter as a kid, reading USA Today sports section in the mornings. Well... In the evenings when dad would bring it home for me. And Dale Earnhardt was winning races. Dale, Dale, Dale. So I was like, this guy's the best. He's got awesome car. He's got awesome look. I'm all about some Dale Earnhardt. So that's how I became a Dale Earnhardt fan and started following his career. In 1990, I don't know, three maybe, Jeff Gordon showed up. And then I feel like that was the first time that I, I saw the NASCAR fan base split where the Rainbow Warriors started showing up. No shots. Because uh, obviously the, the jokes abounded about uh, the about Jeff Gordon being the Rainbow Warrior in the 90s. But obviously we're all about that rainbow now. Um, well, not that I wasn't then, but you know, we're more accepting of it now. But that's when I saw the fan base divide. People will say, oh, Jeff Gordon's better than Earnhardt and now Earnhardt's dirty and nah, 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 nah. no Dale Earnhardt had the heart of a lion he was going to win a race no matter what he's going to take it in number three did not play he didn't play when he was in the Goodyear car or the yellow and blue Wrangler car Dale did not play he ain't here to suffer fools he was there to win races and that's what he did The Daytona Hot 500 actually eluded him for the longest time, though. The longest time he could not win Daytona. And that was always his thing, like Greg Norman not winning the Masters or uh, Jim Kelly not winning the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think of comparable things, uh, like major Cleveland not winning the <laughs> Super Bowl. 
it, it was that kind of thing. It was that big that Dale couldn't get it done at Daytona. And then finally, in God, when was it? Ninety-nine, maybe. I can't remember. I feel bad. Was it ninety-eight? Or was it 2000? Did he win it the year before he died? I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with 98. Don't quote me. Finally, Dale won Daytona. It was the last thing he hadn't won. By then, he'd already won his seven Winston Cups. Tied Richard Petty for the greatest, uh, well, not even greatest, for uh, most points championships. His status was solidified. Now, at Daytona in 2001, there was a bad wreck. And there's wrecks all the time in NASCAR. But Dale's vehicle slammed into the wall. And, like I said, there's bad wrecks all the time. We've seen people walk out of things, crazier things. But Dale slammed into the wall, and according to most, he died immediately. I don't remember what racer got to him first, what driver got to him first. But they they said he was dead pretty much upon impact. So Dale unfortunately died running the sport in the sport he loved on a track that haunted him for years until he finally vindicated himself. He died on that track. And that was the day pretty much that I <laughs> I followed. I, I wanted to know how good Dale was doing. See if he won, where he placed the points. I was more about watching the stats as they went along versus the actual racing itself. That was that was my thing. And then when Dale was gone, I was just kind of like, oh, damn. My NASCAR light went off. I don't think Bubba Wallace is going to reinvigorate that. I'm going to try to, I'd like, I haven't checked to see how he placed in the race following uh, Daytona if he ran a race since then. So, obviously, my interest hadn't been super peaked at this moment. Follow Dale Jr., Firstly, out of obligation, and then secondly, because he's awesome. Love Dale Jr. Dale won Daytona in 03, maybe, or 05, something like that. He won Daytona. It's emotional because, of course, he lost his dad there, and it was always tracked to haunted his dad. And But uh, I've always been a Dale Earnhardt guy, uh, junior and senior. Wish senior was still with us. Because he was an awesome racer and he made me pay attention to NASCAR. And that's my greatest NASCAR driver of all time. Also, can't forget on Note to Self on J. Cole's uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. You can't forget the fact that he shouted out Dale Earnhardt and Jonah Hill. And then he was like, I'm just playing, I don't know either one of those people. <laughs> I love that outro, man. It might be better than Last Call for me. And I love Last Call, but I just love the joy 
and the thankfulness that he expresses on that record. Anybody who can sit there and scream, my mama, when doing thank yous on a rap album, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Uh, oh, and then Dale acknowledged it too. He like tweeted him. So that was cool. So, so that that's that's my NASCAR story, guys. I'm all over the place. Um, do I want to tell you this one last story? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go in on these last two topics because I'm trying to knock this one out for this week, and then trying to knock out 55 for next week before the weekend's out. So I'm going to Disney next week. So I don't want y'all to miss out on the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast hyphenation. Cheer. Fun, 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 fun. Yeah, I just stole that from Katie Nolan's sports podcast and I don't feel bad. So I'm going to say it was pretty recently when I said something along the lines of, oh, I just bought Shea Serrano's book, Basketball and Other Things. And can't wait to read that and more than likely give it a glowing recommendation here on the world's greatest podcast. Well, uh, I got it at Barnes & Noble in Homestead, PA. That's pretty much Pittsburgh. When me and Angel went up there for Valentine's Day, our Valentine's Day celebration the week and before Valentine's Day because she was in Charleston, uh, the actual week of Valentine's. So, got the book. And it happened to be a signed cover. Hell yeah. A signed copy. So I had a little sticker that said signed copy and everything. So I have a copy of Basketball and Other Things signed by Shea Serrano. Super cool. No big deal. It was my first book I ever had signed though. So I was, I was kind of stoked about it. Thought it was pretty cool. <sighs> yes, last Saturday, Aaliyah's trying to take a nap. I don't think the nap happened. <laughs> Angel was on the phone, I believe. Probably talking about uh, the strike because they were two days in at that point. Well, your boy is just eating like a turkey sandwich or something and some and some potatoes. Uh, some uh, potato chips. And then I was like, well, I know there's still that KFC mashed potatoes and gravy in there. And more than likely, it's going to go out next uh, in the trash tomorrow. I'm going to eat it. More fat kid stuff. Uh. Now, as the rule goes, now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you're aware, but as the rule goes, you're not supposed to microwave food in styrofoam containers. I don't know if that's always been the rule. I never thought it was a rule growing up, but then recently Angel's been like, don't heat that in styrofoam. And, well, no, I think styrofoam has always been a rule. But then it's been extended to don't heat your food in Tupperware or plastic now because the plastic can affect the food and somehow... Um, even though we've all been used that Even though we've all been eating... With plastic Tupperware for ever. That's been microwave, but I digress. 
Anyway, the rule goes, styrofoam, put it in something, styrofoam is going to melt. Duh. That's the rule. Well, your boy put, puts the gravy into the mashed potato bowl and heats it up for 30 seconds, maybe a minute. I was like, yeah, yeah, this will be perfect, yeah. Take it out of the microwave, it is hot, but it's fine. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't leave it in there too long, no worries. I have been reading my book of, my basketball and other things book, prior to heating this up while I was eating my sandwiches, because Liam was supposed to be taking a nap. I carry it out of the microwave, pulling it in my left hand, I carry it across the floor, over the island that we have, and I arrive at the table, and then the bottom drops out, right on top of my son, basketball, and other things book. <sighs> there was a Valiant Rescue effort, but that whole first half of that book is covered in mashed potatoes and gravy, and it's still readable, still usable. I'm buying another copy, I don't care. And it probably won't be a signed copy. I didn't have to pay any extra for it. But I'm buying another copy. I do not care. Maybe I'll cop to use one on Amazon. Oh, man. But it's true. It's damn true. Ruined my book within two weeks of having it. Because I just had to have those mashed potatoes and gravy in the styrofoam cup. And then the bottom dropped out right on my book. It was a huge mess, too. So I was pissed. I was not happy. Not happy whatsoever. How could I be? Like, seriously. This great book I'm reading, which has an awesome tale of John Hammer. <laughs> or John, not, it's not John Hammer, it's John Hard. When, when his mother died, when his father died, he became John Harder. And now he's John Hardest due to circumstances of John Harder, Hammergeddon. You gotta read this book. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. You gotta read this book. Uh, so, I go out for something. Now, I remember History Bowl kids were coming over to practice. Angels sent me out to Little Caesars. Little Caesars actually does have a good pizza, despite it being a $5 foot long. I'm, I'm off that bacon wrap pizza, and I don't even think they brought it back this year. But their uh, deep dish is pretty good. I really enjoy that. And their Supreme isn't bad either, so... Little Caesars making good pizza for a fraction of the cost. Shout out to them. Uh, so I'm driving back on uh, Dorsey, uh, Dorsey Avenue, and I see a kid with a hoverboard. Everybody coming down. I'm like, oh, hey, kid with a hoverboard. <laughs> I had just made a remark to my coworker earlier in that day because I worked last Saturday, and I said something along the lines of, I haven't seen as many hoverboards now because they were all the rage. What? 15 Christmas, 16. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I, I have seen that there are literal adult, literal adult material that is out there where the lady in the scene is on a hoverboard during the act. That's how big these things were. That's how huge they were. So, I, I was 
I was like, oh, look, there's hoverboard. That's that's super random. I was just talking about those this morning. And dude had his cell phone. I can't remember if he had anything else. He's coming down. He's just chilling. And I'm driving by. And then he slips. And homeboy wiped the hell out on this concrete, man. I felt, I, I literally, I actually thought about going around and checking on him because the wipeout was so bad, but he popped back up. I was like, no, nah, probably just make it worse if some 35-year-old adult comes to check on him when he thought he was swag surfing on his hoverboard <laughs> in Morgantown, West Virginia, you know? So I just left him be. I just let him be. There was no reason to go check on him, but it did make me feel a little bit better about my book. <laughs> Yeah, it was super embarrassing that my fat ass spilled up mashed potatoes and gravy all over my book. But at least I didn't fall down on a hoverboard in public. Private humiliation is always far better than public public humiliation. You heard it here first from Kellen Conley. Last topic. This is another quick one before we get out of here. I listened to Isla Pal. It's like a podcast or whatever. Season 2 episode. I don't know <laughs> what episode it was. It was the most recent Royal Rumble, though. I can tell you that much. And the guest on that show was K.M. Patton. Um, actually, we're going, we're going to get a podcast one-on-one on. Because I want to be able to tell you all exactly who was on that show. But K.M. was on there. It was a, it was a huge panel. I had... Crystal and E on there, obviously. Uh, but then also, it had Kayan, who was on there. And I want to say France. Was France on that one? Let's see. Let's go to the tape, Joe. Most 90s things ever. No, they only have, K- they only have Kayan uh, credited. But I'm fairly certain there was like two other people who was commenting and i think mike was commenting and nancy uh they were all weighing in i don't know if travoy was on there because i listened to the travoy episode uh about magic and and all those things in that episode which is really good right before i listened to uh season two episode three the most 90s 90s thing ever featuring Kay and Patton. And it came down to the final category, and the object of Royal Rumble was to pick things from the 90s and pick which one is uh, too much favorite, essentially. It came down to gangster rap and R&B music and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now, there was a category earlier on where I thought Fresh Prince could have lost, should have lost, honestly, but he advanced. Show advanced. It's a great show. Still stands up. Probably up there within the black sitcom echelon with the, the likes of Good Toms and uh, Cosby Show, Different World. It's definitely one of the greats, all-time greats. But they were debating about which would you take, gangster rap music and R&B or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. At this point, he had already picked, Eric had already picked that he was going to take Fresh Prince. Kayan comes in and says, and it's been a few days since I listened to it, but he essentially says something along the lines of Will Smith lost all his money trying to do gangster rap, and he had to get it all back. He later goes on to then 
completely unravel his point. <laughs> but and he, he he completely he came back to completely unravel his point in the same same time frame. And Fresh Prince did win the Royal Rumble, by the way. Spoilers. But I think he's getting the, what Fresh Prince confused with Hammer or something. There was no point in time that I'm aware of that Will Smith lost money trying to do gangster rap. <coughs> and maybe he's thinking of the fact that uh, Code Red came out in 93 and Boom Shake the Room came out and it wasn't as big as what it came before. <coughs> but let's be honest. Drink some water. Let's be honest. Summertime was on home base, the album before that. Uh, before that, you had I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson uh, on in, in, in this corner. And then you had Parents Just Don't Understand from the original Jump Off and everything. Like All these other records had was a buildup of sorts leading to Code Red. So maybe he's talking about Code Red not being big and calling it gangster rap because... Uh, Boom Shake the Room is more aggressive. But the rest of the album was normal DJ Jazzy Jeff of the French Prince material. Maybe he's trying to clown Will because he came back out and did an album, Big Willie Style, in 1997. Which, honestly, I love Big Willie Style. I think it's a phenomenal album to this day. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I fuck with that album. I fuck with the Willillium album. And it has an awful first single that I have no business loving. Uh, Born to Rain, I did not check that, I don't think. Thousand Kisses was okay. And I don't remember what else came off of that. I think it might have been, that might have been the Black Suits album. I didn't like Black Suits. Black Suits come in. Black Suits come in. That was terrible. That was terrible. That was like 2002 when they did that. And then he, he finished up with Lost and Found in 05. That was his last solo project. Uh, there was no point Will Smith was broke. Kaya needs to give this man his propers as a hip-hop pioneer for what he did for hip-hop. There's a great video that Merz did about Will Smith being one of his favorite rappers of all time. It's on Complexes, I believe, uh, YouTube channel. Go check that out. Don't come at Will like that. He ain't lose no money on no music. Trying to do a certain music, at least. He probably did it when he started, but he did not lose any money trying to do gangster rap. He wasn't Hammer. There was no pumps in the bumps. No. He wasn't New Kids going hard for that NKOTB album. <laughs> so stop it. Stop it, Kayan. Damn. <sighs> Recommendations. First recommendation is NBA Desktop. YouTube series on the Ringer's YouTube channel. It's by Jason Concepcion, aka Network, and that's I believe it's N3TWORK on Twitter. Used to write for Grantland, now writes for the Ringer, of course, and does this wonderful show where for about eight minutes he riffs on various things happening in the NBA and mostly makes fun of hilarious situations in the NBA. So I highly recommend 
NBA desktop. That's good stuff right there. Huh. <laughs> Next recommendation is a little music video by a certain Canadian MC, Drake. He dropped the God's Plan video. Not sure when, I think it might have been last week or so. He dropped the God's Plan video, and it is incredible. Like, I don't know if anybody's seen any articles or any kind of, of little clips come across Instagram, but you have got to watch this video. And I say that because, top of the video, it says the label gave us 900 plus thousand dollars as a budget for this video. We gave it all away. <coughs> And story goes that Drake went down to Miami. I don't know if he went anywhere else, but I thought he was mostly in uh, Florida. And literally was giving away money. He donated a bunch of a bunch of money to different causes, signing those giant checks. He was making time with families on the street. I don't know how they got picked for what uh, things. But uh, he was he was uh, he was sitting down with people on the street and giving them stacks of cash, stacks. He was taking picture with mothers, babies, fathers, kids. He went to this school and donated a whole bunch of money towards uh, what? What did he say he was donating it towards? S some some uh, program that they have and shot some of the music video at their school with a ton of super excited children. I gotta say, man, I, I as y'all have heard, I have been down on Drake. Views is okay. Marcus's remix, play mix, play mix. Playlist of views is much better than the actual album. And then on top of that, More Life was okay. But I have been... I have been falling, falling off from Drake, man. I, I've said this before. It, it just wasn't there. The feeling was almost gone. But God's Plan is a great song in itself. And I'm at the point where I'm not even checking for the new music. And that used to be my thing. Oh, Drake dropped a single? I need to get that ASAP. Like, if you, when, you're, if re, uh, when if you're reading this, it's too late dropped. I was all over that. Like, no question. It came out All-Star Weekend. I had it by Monday morning and was bumping the hell out of it. And I played it for like three weeks straight without changing anything else in the iPod. It's that... It was that incredible. And More Life got like one spin. I don't know what it is, but God's plan has restored some of my faith in Drake, the artist, and the video... Restored, reminded me of a lot of reasons why I I always was rooting for this kid. I mean, I I always saw a lot of myself in Drake as far as rap goes, and then in some of the music he was doing. Obviously, he did it first and did it way better than I ever could. But seeing him go down to Florida and donate all that money and make Tom for those people the way he did <coughs> whether or not I was like alright Drake we need to 
We need to boost up your uh, popularity here. We're going to go give away a whole bunch of money. How does that feel, Drake? Let's, let's go do it, Drake. Let's go shoot a music video. I mean, after the cameras are off, he could have been cold-hearted bastard. Everybody rolled out and made everybody lay down real fur coats for him as he walked away. But he didn't. <laughs> that I'm aware of. So, go watch the God's Plan video. That's the recommendation. God's Plan, the song, is dope as well. It's number one on on uh, Hot 100 right now. His second number one. And I actually think it's a much better song than One Dance ever was. Uh, one Dance is cool, but I was never, never about that One Dance life like that. I was happy you guys first number one. Next recommendation is another YouTube channel, Comic Story, and I, I believe I mentioned them on the show before. And at one time, if you've been following my websites, I did do a post a few years back about Comic Story. And essentially, what they do is they they read trade paperbacks and then do videos and do dramatic readings of the issues back to you. And it's pretty cool because as somebody who's not purchasing new comics and has no plans to purchase new comics, but still wants to know kind of what's going on with certain things, I love watching Comic Story. And plus, they cover old stuff, too. So, and, I, and the main guy that's on there, forgive me, I do not remember what his name is. He's a guy who has purple hair right now. Purple hair, white guy. He does a great job with the dramatic reading, so I always enjoy anything that he posts. Um, but only click on it if it's something I'm interested in. So, I... Uh, decided the other night I was like let me uh let me find out exactly what Civil War 2 was about I don't know why that no I think I watched Civil War 1 because I obviously I was there for that and I bought that as it came out I was like let me see what Civil War 2 was about because I knew it wasn't directly involving Cap versus Iron Man again so I checked that out and then they have mentioned the Hydra Cap stuff in there uh of course for those the uninitiated and I mentioned this way within the first 10 episodes. Uh, it was revealed that Captain America was a Hydra agent. And everybody's in an uproar because Marvel was claiming at the time, this isn't a fake cap. Blah, 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 blah. Turns out, yes, it was a slightly altered cap. It wasn't straight up, hey, this is a guy that you've known from day one. This is a guy you know from day one with altered memories, thanks to uh, Kobeck, I believe her name was, a part of the Cosmic Cube. So, I, I read his involvement in uh, Civil War 2, which piqued my interest into watching the Civil War, the Secret uh, Empire. Is that right? Secret Empire? I almost said Secret Avengers. Yeah, the Secret Empire videos with, uh, with Comic Story. In, and they break it down over the course of, I think, three videos. And they give you the whole story. And it's, it's really good. Now, the dude does cop to saying he doesn't like Secret, Secret Empire like that. If I had to read it, I think Secret Empire was 10 plus parts, plus all the tie-ins, because some of the tie-ins had literal effects on what was going on in the main story. I would be frustrated with it too, but listening to it read back dramatically over the course of, I'd say, 40 minutes between those three videos, it was super dope. And <coughs> the, the thing is with comics, and one of the things that they can't do that hurts in today's world is it can't be on demand. You can get the newest issue on demand, but then you can't go forward. You're waiting another month. And I think in today's now, now, now age, that kind of hurts the product. And don't quote me, but I feel like that's why trades and um, hardcovers and things like that do better than the, the floppies. 
because people want to get the whole story. They don't want to wait. And that was a problem when I was even collecting uh, heavy still like 10 years ago. So it, it was nice being able to digest the whole thing and see how it all happened. And then being able to see the big picture, it's like, oh man, that was a pretty incredible idea. And I, I like what they did there. Uh, if I had read it, maybe not so much. But I'd recommend Comic Story and Channel. Again, I feel like I haven't recommended that before. And their Secret Empire videos. Make sure you check those out. Last recommendation. The world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation, has always been sponsored. Well, not always. Has been sponsored by one person. And that person is Marcus Robinson, my semi-regular co-host. Now, Marcus has a website. It's called The Mark Rob. And it's T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot WordPress dot com. Now, periodically, I think he was doing one a week, but now it's more like two, I'd say about one every uh, couple weeks. He writes thought-provoking pieces on different things in his life or in culture and uh, movies, television, film, music. Uh, and it, they're really good. And, I, and that's the reason why, even though there is no actual true sponsorship, I always try to big up the Mark Robin anytime I can. So he actually put out two pieces this week. He had a great piece on the the women of Black Panther, and we talked about a lot about them in the last episode in 53, Wakanda Forever. But then he also dropped something that he's told me he had been working on for a while, and he even references it at the end of the article. He told me he was going to do a bracket on Drake's greatest song. Now, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar but Rember Brown, I think he works for New York Mag now. I'm not sure where he's at now. He actually did a greatest outcast bracket in 2011 or so, uh, 2012 maybe, and it went viral. Like he literally did it on his own blog and it just took off. Blew, blew the hell up. And then he did the same thing with Jay-Z and it also took off and blew up. So suddenly his blog was getting all these eyes on him, and meanwhile he's he's in a grad school trying to trying to get through that, and then he gets noticed by Grantland, which was just forming around then, and they hire him to blog a few times a week, and that that's my original exposure to the actual idea of uh, brackets for songs and stuff, and I'm not sure if Mark is familiar with that, but go check out the Outcast and Jay Z ones that he did that Rember did. But main thing is, check out the Drake bracket my man Marcus has did because I know I've told y'all stories and I got made fun of by Mr. Lamarique about my loyalty to Drake uh, when he was on the show. Uh, I'm not ashamed of how much I've been a Drake fan. I, I am a little disappointed with his recent musical output. Again, we'll, we'll go ahead and mention that real quick. But... With that said, I I am super jealous I did not write this because it's incredible. It's well written and thought out, and he makes he makes his points well, explains his thought process. I as I was reading, I was literally texting him my, my response to every single choice he's making throughout the bracket, and then reading what he wrote underneath the bracket and then responding to that. Like I was that involved. Like it was like a 30 minute process for me to read this whole thing in between texting and reading and, and digesting what Marcus was doing if you like Drake you will definitely appreciate this if you've never been exposed to Drake or you've avoided Drake for reasons unknown 
then maybe you could use this as your gateway as to what you should be listening to to understand what Drake is fully about. Because the song he picked for best song, Drake song ever, I agree 100%. It, Marcus did the damn thing. Go read the Black Panther article and then go read the Drake bracket. Okay? Okay, bye. That's not how we end things here. If you want to be a part of the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, all you got to do is go to iTunes, aka Apple Podcast. Search Hyphenation, hit the subscribe button, hit us with that five star rating, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review. If you do, then I'll read it on the show. But mostly hit me with that five stars. If you give me that five stars, that means the iTunes algorithm will pick it up and more eyes will see the show. More people will know about the world's greatest podcast as they need to. It's needed. It has to happen. I'm going to extend promo on last week's episode because I feel like it hadn't gotten the views that it deserves. I'm not sure what, what's going on. Maybe, maybe I'm running into some Black Panther fatigue. I'm not sure. It's entirely possible. But please rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, if you subscribe, you'll get every episode as soon as it's available on Apple Podcasts. For my Samsung people, or just my Google people in general, Hyphenation is available on Google Play Music under the podcast section. Search Hyphenation. And same thing, rate, review, um, subscribe. You'll get the new episodes a little quicker than Apple Podcasts because Google goes a little bit faster. Big surprise. Coming from a guy who's anti-Apple other than his iPhone that it was a hand-me-down from Christian. Chia. So, with that said, you can also find Hyphenation on my YouTube channel, Hyphen Universe. Soon to go back to Kellen Conley. YouTube.com slash hyphen. That is the channel. All 50... Four episodes are available on there. You can find us on the Tuned In app. You can find us on Stitcher. Uh, Mixcloud has not been updated in a while. I am working. I'm behind on so many website things, man. Uh, I'm trying to get that all caught up. And then I have plans to fix Mixcloud for all the Hyphen Podcast group shows. So that is coming, I promise. You can find the Hyphen Nation, the Hyphen Nation, Hyphen Nation Podcast on my website, Victory Jump Off. That's victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com. You can also find Hyphenation on the aforementioned or previously mentioned Hyphen Podcast Group at hyphenpodcastgroup.wordpress.com. I have the .com. I just have not had the time to move things over to it, but hyphenpodcastgroup.com is closer to reality than ever before. Find all the episodes on there, and then you can find all, the entire archive on my personal website, Victory Jump Off. From there, let's see, I think I covered everything. Uh, Pocket Cast, if you go to Google, Hyphenation, I think we're the bottom result right now if you type us in, so we're on the first page now. If you type in Hyphenation Podcast, we're, in the, we're at the top, so you can Google it, you can Bing it. However you prefer to search, I'm sure you'll run across it. Uh, any other way that you need to know to get a hell of a podcast? Um, oh, yeah. I remember. If you want to deal with RSS feeds, the RSS feed for hyphenation is feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016. You take that URL 
you turn that some bitch sideways and you put it into your favorite podcast listening device. And you will get all 54 episodes of Fire! Just like that. And your favorite podcast listening device. Remember that. If you want to contact me at b-b-h-y-p-h-e-n on Twitter, hyphen universal on Facebook, or email b-hyphen at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Appreciate everybody that listens to the show. And with all that said, hug your loved ones. Do the Wakanda greeting to all your friends. That's that's the official way you greet somebody now. We don't dap and just leave it. We gotta cross our arms now. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what that means. Because it's important for you to do you and to do what you needs to be done in order for you to find happiness. That's very important. A lot of people forget that these days. Try to have genuine interactions with people. I know it's difficult. People are bastard coated bastards with bastard filling according to Percival Ulysses Cox. But still try to have meaningful interactions with people. Always still believe the more positivity you put into the world, the more positivity you'll get back out of it. Hug your parents. Call your parents. Write them a letter. Write a letter in general. Write an email. Tell people how much they mean to you. You never know how much time you have left. Special shout out to Kevin Smith. My man suffered a massive heart attack, a, what they call a widowmaker on Sunday night after filming, uh, uh, doing a show that evening. He suffered a massive heart attack, but he is still here. And if you haven't said it before, heard me say it before, Kevin Smith is one of the people I aspire to be as far as creatively. I've always been a big fan of his and I'm glad that he is still with us so big shout out to you Kev apologies to Markel Falter Jumper is still trash Wakanda forever thanks y'all